Welcome back to Typically Unique. I'm Kim Aponte, and I'm here with my husband, Carlos. Hello. On today's episode, we are going to talk about going home for the first time. Finally. Finally. So I have a few journal articles about this that we're going to read to get started because this clearly paints the picture. So on Wednesday, September 22nd, I was at work, Carlos was at the hospital, and my mom and dad were driving my mother-in-law up to the hospital to stay with Aiden for a few days when I got the call from Carlos that they were sending Aiden home now. I've never packed up and left a meeting so fast in my life. Grandma's visit turned into helping pack up the room and load the car to bring Aiden home. Looking back now, it is nice that the grandparents got to help bring Aiden home. But at the same time, we were very shocked because his numbers hadn't been the 200 twice that they were preaching to us every day while his numbers bounced back. I left work, went to pick Carly up from school. Her reaction was priceless. And we raced home to pick up and make a welcome home banner. When Aiden got home, Carlos walked him around the house and then took him upstairs to see his newly painted and decorated lakeside room. Aiden's friend Chad came over the next day after school and they talked, played the PlayStation and computer games for quite a while. He really enjoyed that. We had a minor issue the next night after we told the home healthcare nurse not to come out because Carlos was comfortable flushing Aiden's lines because he did it um, he did it at the hospital the day before. And then we realized they trained us with one kind of cap and then sent us another. That poor nurse had to drive to our house at eight o'clock at night. Aiden's um, Aiden spends most of his days playing his video games, and Sunday he is looking forward to watching football with his uncle and a few close friends. It is so nice to have our family under one roof, all sleeping in their own beds. Now if we can just get that sleep part in. I am up at 1.30 a.m. because Aiden just can't go to sleep at night. I finally broke down and gave him some Benadryl tonight. He wants to sleep. He just can't. Good night, Aiden. <laughs> so um, I wanted to explain a little bit about what going home with a Broviac um, catheter? catheter port <laughs> in um, and the care that that takes and the things we had to do while we were at home. So we had to get trained on how to flush it. So just like when you have an IV, you can't just keep it closed off. You have to keep... Um, pumping the saline through it. Yeah, because it'll it'll clot, right? Yeah, it'll clog up. Yeah. So you have to keep that line open. So we had to learn how to flush it, they call it. Um, and then we had that debacle because they sent us with the wrong thing. But I am pretty sure I relied on Carlos to do that. <laughs> At first, I didn't want, I'm, I'm queasy. I didn't want to do any of that. Um, but I eventually did. And plus... Um, Aiden was queasy about it, right? Yeah. So he didn't want... You got to be fast. You yeah. got to know what you're doing. Yeah. And he didn't want a bunch of people touching it. And I had the training. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, he just kind of wanted me doing it. So uh, that's how we started. Maybe we can even go back. What sent us home? Maybe explain that a little bit. Um, how were right. we able to come home? And right. what does 200 mean? So when he gets his um, chemotherapy that is going to 
wipe out his neutrophil count. So that's, you know, something to do with your cells. And so that's the number they're looking at, the neutrophil count. So he gets the chemo, wait two or three weeks for that number to go to zero, for the neutrophil count to go to zero, and then it'll stay at zero for a couple weeks. And then you wait a couple weeks for the counts to come back up. And so they're looking at that neutrophil number to be 200. And they had told us it should be 200 for a couple days in a row. And then they'll say, okay, you're good to go home. Because like they know there's some mathematical formula of like how those... (laughs) The cells are um, multiplying exponentially, so they can—they pretty much have an idea when that's happening. Plus, they know if they're working enough to get to 200, they're going to keep going higher. So that's right. kind of the low watermark to allow us to go home. Right. So yeah. we visually put like a little thermometer on the board mm-hmm. up to 200, and we would fill it in. So every morning during rounds, when we would get the counts, it would have that neutrophil number. And that's the only number that Aiden, I think, that and the temperature were the only two numbers that he ever really cared about. Mm -hmm. Um, Temperature would keep him in the room on room arrest if he had a fever. Not being able to go to the game room, so that was important. And then if he reached 200 twice when he was trying to get his neutrophil number back up, he was worried about that number, so he'd always check. Those are the only two numbers. We looked at almost everything, but those were the two that were of his concern. So Exactly. Okay, so then um, while we were at home, I made a couple journal entries. So far, so good. We have one tough kid. Aiden has been home for one week tomorrow, and he has been taking it easy, visiting with a few friends and family, watching football, playing PlayStation with his new laptop, which he loves. We're going to visit the junior high tomorrow, and I know he is really excited about that. I'm glad he has that to look forward to. If the weather is good and he feels up to it, we may watch a little of the eighth grade football game. The seventh grade game is away, so he was bummed that we couldn't go root on his team. We are getting ready to go back to the hospital on Friday. This time at home went very well, and we enjoyed every minute of it, but it went way too fast. (laughs) At least now we know what we are in for, kind of. You really never know. But we know what we need at the hospital and what we don't. You should have seen the amount of stuff we brought home and how our days will mostly go. We know how he handled the chemo the first time and what issues came up. Nosebleeds. So we will try to be ready. We know what Aiden liked to eat and drink and do, who the doctors, interns, residents, and nurses are, and some of the other patients and their families. Aiden and I will be going back up to the hospital this Friday for another month-long stay for him. Aiden will get a bone marrow test and spinal chemo at noon, and then sometime over the weekend, he'll have to get his IVIG infusion for his immune deficiency, and then they'll start 10 days of chemo. Please keep him in your thoughts and prayers over the next month. We know you all are, and it helps to know so many people care about him. Love to you all. So that was, you know, something important, too, that we sometimes forget when we're talking about... uh, the beginning part of his AML treatment is he's still getting the IVIG on top of everything else. So, but that there's nothing painful about that except, or, or side effects with that, except for, you know, if it was a poke before, but now it's not cause he has that line in. So just something he has to do. So with the IVIG, he, um, 
you know, so when he got the diagnosis for Bruton's, they said that that was going to be a lifelong thing, right? So even with this AML and all the stuff that they're doing with him, he still has this other part of his body that is not making some things that are essential to his survival. So he has that still over there. This AML thing going on over here, you know, one's chronic, will be with him for the rest of his life, Mm -hmm. they say. And Mm -hmm. the other one is, you know, we're dealing with in the moment and we're trying to treat that. So even though the IVIG is just kind of putting back in some IgGs, IgAs, I don't don't know all the terminology. Did I? All right, good, good. But, um, you know, and, and putting that stuff in, they still are giving him Benadryl before they give him this. So... Even when the days when he knows he's getting an IVIG, some of the things we talked about earlier during rounds is if he's getting IVIG today, that means he's getting Benadryl. That means he's going to fall asleep. So we're going to do activities early in the morning. So we're starting to understand our routine, not only at the hospital, but at home, too. If he got one at home, you know, we would know, hey, let's do some things during the daytime because we're going to have an IVIG. And usually that didn't happen. They would try to work it out for him to do it at the hospital. Yep. Um, and so while we were home, you know, it was only for a week. So like, I think exactly seven days and he's very extremely immune compromised. Um, because his, even though his counts are coming back up, they're still low. So we had to be very cautious. So he mostly stayed at home and, um, people came to see him. Um, and we would do some things you know, just movies and things like that, hang out as a family. But masks and um, hand sanitizers wasn't like a big thing back then, but we used them. Yeah, right? we were, <laughs> he was masking before. Before it <laughs> was a uh, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were using a lot of hand sanitizer, uh, you know, pre, oh, yeah, absolutely. pre-pandemic yeah, I, as well. So we're pretty used to it before, you know, when it kind of instituted itself. Hey, we're old pros at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, on one of the last days that we were home, um, Aiden got to do something special. So that is this journal entry. Uh, yesterday was a roller coaster day because we had such joy when Aiden got to go visit his junior high school for the first time this school year. We spent about 20 minutes or so in his class. All of the kids took turns introducing themselves, and not surprising to me, almost all of them knew Aiden from previous schools or teams or GT class. The kids were funny, and there were lots of laughs. They did ask some questions about the treatment he's getting and what the hospital is like, and we took a class photo before we left. I'm very grateful to Mrs. Marple, whose class he visited, and all the teachers who left their classes to come introduce themselves to Aiden. So the down part of the roller coaster was when we got home and the nurse came to change Aiden's bandage over his catheter lines. Mm -hmm. Aiden was apprehensive because it was a new nurse and he likes it done a certain way. We discovered that the nurse didn't have sterile scissors to cut the duoderm tape the way he likes it. After a lot of time on the phone with the nurse from Rainbow, they decided to let him go until Friday to change the dressing when we are back in the hospital. When things like this happen, I get too worked up and I know it affects Aiden. I have a new goal to remain calm in all situations like this, even if it means leaving the room for a few minutes to calm down. 
I just feel like my adrenaline shoots from zero to 100 whenever something doesn't go as planned and I can't think clearly. I will be working on this for the next round of treatment. I'm still working on that today. (laughs) (laughs) The nurse did draw blood to see where Aiden's counts were at. The nurse from Rainbow called later that evening and we were so excited that his counts were through the roof. When he left the hospital seven days ago, his neutrophil count was 180. And the nurse said it was 2,700. Wow. All of his other counts were very high, too. His white count was 5,000, and it was about one point something when we went into the hospital to begin with. I am just glad that if everything stays as it is for the next couple days, Aiden will enter this round of treatment strong. We are about 24 hours away from making our journey back to the hospital. So um, I want to talk about him visiting school, but I also wanted to talk about... um, when we are sharing maybe sensitive or embarrassing things about one of us as a family, I mean, we're just doing that because it's reality. It's what happened, you know, trying to share as much as we can. And this isn't easy for me to admit that I can't (laughs) control my emotions. And, you know, I look back on that time and that's probably one of my biggest regrets is I wish I would have just been able to, stay calm more and speak softer and things like that. And that's just the reality. It's not fun to talk about. So when we share stories like that, it's just, we're all, we're all taking it. Sometimes we'll all have our turns. I don't think you should regret a minute of it. I think that is, I do. I think that is the advocacy is a hundred percent needed. And People have different ways of advocating for a patient, a patient in a life and death situation. Um, And however you can advocate, whatever your personality dictates, (laughs) do it. Don't hold back because I don't want to be seen as or I don't want people to look at me less than. You are advocating and she is the, Kim is the (laughs) best advocate i know when i get older and sick that she is going to be my best advocate for me and not only that she has taught me how to advocate for her you know if the roles are reversed so i see no shame in it i see nothing but power and strength in it and if you had to go off and (laughs) cry about it you know later so be it. But in that moment, it was needed. And if I had to, you know, go behind some of that and say, you know, hey, look, this is stressful. And, you know, this mm-hmm. is our firstborn child, and, and you know, and do whatever it is. We were a team and I'm going to take it. Whatever we were, you did. I appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and actually, I was, you know, I'm trying to plow ahead through all these journals and pick things out and, um, you know, see all these things that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that. But, uh, there's a lot of advocate advocating that went on. So we are going to have some really good examples of that in an episode or a few probably episodes that we'll do on that. And, And one more thing about advocating, because I think this is one of those situations where Kim trusted her gut, right. Mm -hmm. And trusted her intuition on things, you know, and, you know, I look at situations, I may not be a medical expert, I may not be an electrician, I may not be, you know, um, an architect, but 
I could look at something and say, that doesn't look right, or that doesn't feel right, or that just... That's really what it was. And and her intuition on 90%, you know, to just ask the right question. Yeah, just ask questions. And make sure that, you know, either we understood what was going on because we felt like we weren't getting all the information, mm-hmm. or if they were doing something, be like, well, wait a minute, that is not what we said at rounds this morning, or what the plan was at the beginning of the week, or whatever, but she trusted her intuition. So I don't think you really need to apologize for that behavior because I think it was exactly what Ada needed. And we will see examples of this later on where that advocacy really helped us because we were, we were in a tight spot a few times. So sorry to interrupt, but no, I appreciate that. And, you know, you'll just, everybody will, you go through all those different feelings too at looking back. When you look back on it. So when Aiden got to go to school, he was so excited about that. I was excited for him. All the kids were so excited to see him. And it was a short visit, probably there for about a half an hour total. He had to um, mask up and he wore a hoodie. So he kept his hood up, you know, because he doesn't have his hair now. And um, But he just kind of went in and the teachers kept it super relaxed, just a social visit, just to get to see everybody and talk to everybody. So that was so appreciated. Um, He just loved every second of it. And his closest friends got to like come to the door and greet him and walk him down to the room and show him. And so they got to be a little, have, um, feel a little special too. So it was really really nice yeah and maybe in the later episode we can show the picture but you know there's a nice group photo of everybody Mm -hmm. and then Aiden's in the back row you know with his hoodie up he doesn't have a mask on because he wanted to kind of fit in but you know his hood up and he's off to the side a little bit because he just can't be shoulder to shoulder with the person next to which is a beautiful photo, but sad at the same time, right? You know, the yeah, I think he was just keeping his distance, yeah, too. yeah, what yeah. which is what he should have been doing. He's immune compromised in many different ways, but um, and just explaining the um school situation real quick. So, you know, he's in the in the hospital for what probably five, six weeks to begin with. So there's no school for him this year. His school is at the hospital. Um, they have a tutor at the hospital, so he was getting his assignments from his teachers at school, working on them by himself. I would help him. He would have when he was feeling well. See, it's hard. You have to manage all this around the kids, how they're feeling. So on days he was feeling that he could, he would go to. They would kind of close the game room down, I think, and use it for school, and he would meet with the teacher in there. Um, and do that. And then at the very beginning, we had set it up um, to have him Skype in to his classroom. And I think he did that maybe two or three times. So um, he was just observing when he did that. So we did a few different things. And they, they would ask him, they would throw him a question every yeah, once in a while, they would, you know, <laughs> to which, try to include him. I'd, I'd be sitting in the background, you know, off, off screen. So he was just kind of listening and watching and I'd see them throw him a question and, you know, Aiden's, you know, pretty stoic in the face, you know, but I think he enjoyed it when they kick something to him and he could answer it. And, you know, he kind of, you know, half smiled or whatever, but I think he liked that interaction. But that's one of those things too, when you're the parent in this situation, 
Um, people that aren't in the situation don't understand, and we can't expect them to, to know exactly what you're going through. So, um, people will offer to do things like the Skyping and it was great. And we did it until you can't do it anymore. Right. And you know, you, you can't always do those things. And he couldn't do it when he started feeling sick. And unfortunately, once we, you know, get past this first round of treatment, it, it just, it compounds on, you know, with the side effects and everything. So he was never feeling as good as he did at the beginning when he was able to do those things. So he never kind of got back to that. So Because you're never as strong, mm-hmm. you know, when you come off the chemo and you're recuperating. They, yeah. They get you strong enough. And then they slam you again. To get you again, which makes me want to kind of circle back a little bit with, with AML. So our schedule for the year was um, Aiden would do with AML a round of treatments, you know, go home for a week, knock them out, recover in the hospital to some point, go home for a week, finish recovering, get almost back to, you know, Hey, I'm feeling like I can feel, do something right. Get out of bed, you know, hang out. And they bring you back into the hospital and do another five or six weeks. Right. And you go, you know, you hit rock bottom, you come back up, Right. You fully reco- almost fully recover at home. They bring you back. We did that five times. And every round's not exactly the same. Right. So they're using different medicines every time, which are going to bring different side effects every time. So, but you know, my point about that was, is just, we have to explain things to people in a nice way and just, um, explain that, Hey, they're not feeling up to this or they're just not able to do that at this time. So even though when they can do it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're heading back into the hospital for round two, which is taking us into like October, November. So the holidays are going to be coming up and round two is a little bit different treatment and side effects for him. So we are going to address those things on our next episode. We hope you will join us back. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you.